The more emotionally granular we can get, the more flexible our thinking is. Is the thought of being imperfect keeping you from taking action? Welcome to Inspired Action for Imperfect Humans. Each week, we give you real-life stories and thought-provoking research that inspires your soul to live a more fulfilled life through your own actions. From the heart of Calgary, Canada, here are your hosts, award-winning coaches, Christopher Lawrence and Kyle Kalu. Good morning. Good morning. Even if it's the afternoon. Or afternoon. It's morning somewhere is what you say. It's morning for me right now. Oh, Kyle, I want you to tell me, you've been in lots of organizations where you get into trouble. (laughs) What's the common denominator here? This is your intervention. You know, it's interesting. As soon as you said that, I knew exactly what you're, you're talking about is, you know, I know I didn't. I don't, I don't think the same way. I, I don't do well with the whole status quo thing. I just don't. And it's not because, although people have told me and all people make comments about it, they see the interaction they have with me is like, it's deliberate. Like I'm deliberately trying to be uh, argumentative. I'm deliberately trying to be combative. I'm deliberately trying to, and sometimes when policies in, in organizations just don't make sense, or the common thing I often say is, because it was done in 1812, they still think you need to do it today. And hey, 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 there are things that is from 1812 that still make sense, and sure, let's do it, but not everything. And so I sometimes felt like I was the odd one out. Like I, I, it was a constant feeling that I was the odd person out because I just think it differently. I'm not saying it's better than anyone else. I just thought differently about why we do what we do, especially when it comes to operations and people, right? That's the two groups that I was just like, ah, because sometimes operation is is stomping all over people, or sometimes people really mess up operations. And uh, I'll be honest with you, uh, it has held me back in a couple jobs. It has, you know, because people would not promote me because they felt if I had more status in a certain organization it would be deadly their words not mine Mm -hmm. why why do you ask well i'm just asking because i i think about this thing of you know we've done a couple of podcasts um where we talk about like you know innovation and thinking differently and there's research that's come out about emotions so Mm -hmm. in i've probably mentioned it a couple times but it's because it's it struck me so deeply, you cannot bypass emotion unless you are not neurotypical. Every, even people who say that they're thinking objectively or they're thinking, okay. even if they say they're thinking pragmatically, it's still, those statements are a metaphor for emotional experience because you cannot bypass emotion. Emotions are one of our ways of regulating, right? And that's, that's our whole body system is built to regulate us so that we can propagate and make the next generation right I, now, like that's how science works so now i'm not i'm not knocking that but i think what i'm curious about is help me understand when because sometimes when people say how do you feel about this i go to a thinking place at least to me i in my head i'm like feel about it like i think this is what it is so i'm so not saying is, there's no emotions but i'm just saying why do i because i try to go logic i try to break down the common denominator well, i think this and- is part i think this is part of where i want to go today because diversity in thinking so so basically one of the things that the research shows is that um is that if the more emotional 
the more emotionally granular we can get, the more flexible our thinking is. So actually the idea is to get to know a lot of the emotion-based words and start to recognize when those emotions Mm. are showing up. So is it like anger or is it frustration or is it Mm. irritation? Right. And, and, and the idea is that you, you identify and label those quickly. And so it creates more flexibility in our thinking. So the reason where, where I'm kind of going with this is like, is like, you, you know, you talk about the story of being a misfit. I know that there are some times where you have been invited to sit down and shut up mm-hmm. um, yeah. in your career. Um, yeah. You know, and then I think about myself because it's like, I've always felt like I was, swimming upstream like always swimming against Mm -hmm. the stream it's just like i love formality i really do because i think Mm -hmm. formality gives us a baseline but i don't like bureaucracy for bureaucracy's sake and and so it's like often so often especially for the people my grade eight teacher said to my dad your son is the little old man of this class he's always standing up for people's rights (laughs) and that was true of even the people that bullied me like if somebody picked on my bully it was still wrong and so i would stand up and i'm like that's not right Right. and so it's like i often when i entered the workforce i ended up in martyrdom Mm -hmm. right it's like it's like i would lead the troops i would rally the troops right because it's like this isn't right and and so it's interesting because i think you and i both in our own rights are misfits and here we are now we're running our own business and Mm -hmm. you know and and some partner groups right we've got change my life coaching strategic leader and um healthy transformations and 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 it's very interesting because i look at this and it's like you know we go in and we teach things and this and that and i just wonder you know i wonder kind of about the the misfits thing right and so here's the thing misfits are innovative but we can be hard to work with yeah and so I wonder for an organization, like, where is the balance? Because I feel like if you stagnate in a company, it's like all life on earth. Anything that stagnates begins the pro- process of dying. And so I think that happens psychologically in human beings. I think it happens literally in human beings. I think it happens in businesses a lot. Yeah. And I think some businesses and organizations don't know, and I'm not going to use the word balance, but don't know how to have a baseline. Because I I agree that for the most part, this baseline is required. And then how do you have room for that innovation or the misfits of the organization? Because when you go against that grain, it's like they need to bring you back. We see it culturally. We see it as nations. We see it in countries. But it, everyone just, you, you there's no room for people to be able to do that and the pandemic has taught some of that stuff i know people may be so pandemic out right now but organizations you know i I recently did a a survey you know on linkedin where i said to people you know how many people according to our uh, provincial government we're ready to be open july 1st how many people are ready and i said yes for this yes for this percent yes for this percent or no and the two groups that is really there's a difference is the group that says yes a lot of them said yes yes, I'm ready. The other big chunk of the group says no. And then some people in between. So as an organization, not everyone is going to want to go back, right, to fully do what they were doing. Some is going to want that. And we're hearing terms like mixed blend, a blend of home and work, you know, like, what does that look like? Whereas I, I know be honest, leaders I think, didn't want that. I think it's idealistic. Mm-hmm. Like, I love the idea of it. And I love the idea of work 
you know, work-life flow. And mm -hmm. I, as a business owner, I don't think every single one of my staff members needs mm -hmm. to stay, staff members, team members, mm -hmm. needs to stay in the office, mm -hmm. um, you know, all the time. But there are some roles where it is required. Like, right. Yeah. There are some roles where it is required. Yeah. It's like, I'm sorry, I, I need somebody there to, to greet clients when they come in. Totally. And, and roles. that's what the clients want. Yes, that's not just absolutely. like, I've walked, I walked into a psychologist's office once. I, I don't know why these psychologists don't have front desk people. It drives me <laughs> nuts. You know, they're, they're in these offices and it's like, and it's like they share an office space and they have a reception desk, but nobody's actually sitting at the reception de desk. And it's like, yeah. you walk in and it's like, it's supposed to be a welcoming experience, but how often mm. have you walked in? And it's like, there's nobody there and there's just a sign that says take a seat your psychologist will be with you shortly and right, it's like right. it's like what like you should have somebody sitting here i mean i agree with you some roles require and i think the roles that don't this is coming back to where can you stretch where can you be flexible right based on getting out you know the maximum uh from but the i think individual. that's what misfits do is that they help us be flexible even though they can be hard to work with yeah Right. And I feel like that's some of what we brought, but certainly we were asked to sit down and shut up a lot. Oh, absolutely. I remember. And the funny thing is the shit that drove us nuts that we were trying to fix are still problems in these in these three yeah. separate or, organizations that were Yeah. Or some that we've changed under the guise of trial is still a trial 15 years later. You know what I mean? It's mm. because some people just can't move. I remember when I was on Yeah, what's your best misfit story? I'm curious. I, I, I remember when I was on this committee and we were talking about, you know, getting rid of unlimited sick time, right? At the organization with with, they have unlimited sick time based on what happens, but doesn't mean that they're not tracking. And so they felt the, the fix to that is remove unlimited sick time. Because if you remove unlimited sick time, then people aren't gonna take advantage of it, da, da, da. And this was a, a situation they're trying to do across an entire organization because a small group of people were taking advantage of it. And so my vote was always just a second. That is the leader's responsibility to manage. That's a department yeah, responsibility. To the Don't manage find, it for the whole company. Find out because that's where you need to have that conversation. What is happening? Maybe people need more time. Maybe not. I just never liked the idea of if I'm sick, I have to choose between do I go to work because I have to get paid or do, like there's a whole nother whack of things that comes with that. Um, but I'm just like, no, 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 you were going beyond, like you have to look at what is happening, even if it's from an individual perspective. Or why is the uh, squeaky wheel getting the grease the more? Instead of adding grease to the squeaky wheel, why, why are they squeaking? What's happening? Do we create a space that allows these people to express themselves and say? And if I could add, because you got me going, I often said, and it's been a guide for me in my leadership, it's been a guide for me in my life, I say two things. If someone disagrees with me, two things is happening, potentially, two things is happening. Either they don't have access to all the information, and I need to give them more information. So I will say, okay, okay, Christopher, here's what you don't know. Here's what you need to probably know, and I give it. And if you still disagree, then I'm like, okay, hold on. Maybe I don't have access to all the information. So I'm going to say, okay, what is it that you need me to know that I don't know? Because oftentimes, like that previous organization I was with, there are times where we made decisions in a beautiful boardroom, impacting people who is doing way more fit without consulting and invi inviting them into the conversation, 
right? Hmm. We're not wearing uniforms 8, 10, 12 hours a day. Well, I mean, I was just going to bring <laughs> up the uniform issue at WestJet. Yeah. I mean, come on. Do you remember when we were there? They hired, they hired like one of Canada's most famous. Mm. Mr. Bailey, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, uh, fashion designers. Designer. Yeah. Brian Design Bailey, many, right? Yeah. Designed many other. Uniforms, this uniforms and that. And, and, and yes, we had to go through our wear testing and there was probably some things that Brian Bailey didn't quite understand, but but I would say not to a great extent. Like like I I think he like the man knew his job. Mm -hmm. And and WestJet was just so like it like the committee, it was just like, no, we can't do this because, no, we can't do this because, no, we can't do this because. And it was just like, you know, and eventually they let him go but i know they paid to let him go and end that contract yeah. right like or i don't know that that's my assumption right yeah. and so it's kind of a funny thing because i i i think that you know they saw him as a misfit but they were very fixed in their own mindsets i've also found the the very same thing um when we were looking at a scheduling software there and it's like no we have to do it this way we have to do it this way we have to do it this way mm -hmm. and this was for uh the training department and it was just like it's like maybe it's actually about expanding your thinking and thinking about it differently. And, and, and to be fair, to be fair, I'm, I think that's hard for people to do because, because we do become attached to it and change is hard. Right. And so I'm, I think, you know, there's a call here, Kyle, for people to kind of adopt a little bit of an inner misfit. And what I would say by that is get flexible in your thinking and go crazy. Sometimes it's not about, sometimes it's not about, having the right idea. Sometimes it's about having a crazy idea that you can actually trim down into something that's that's useful. Like break your own bias. Like like we've said before, it's like the biggest obstacle standing in front of you is the one you look in the mirror at every day. Hands it's your down. own mind. That's, that Hands is the down. biggest obstacle you face, right? And I, I think that's why we do the work we do with our leaders. I mean, I don't know if anyone has checked out any of our showcases that we have, and you, you got to go to our website to take a look at that at strategicleader.ca. Uh, we have three main websites and uh, three main uh, showcases on that website. So you have to check it out. But here's why I'm mentioning it. Not because it's just a plug. Here's why is because the leaders we work with, we specifically talk in one group about unlocking leadership potential. And the thing about unlocking that leadership potential is because there's there's misfits, misfits leadership too, right? We need those type of leaders because that's what I was, right? Yeah, I, I knew I had to play that game to get to that level and then do it because then I have a little bit more latitude, right? And so we need those leadership to, and so here's where as a strategic leader, we have to think about how do you play that game and un unleash that, not only in your leadership, but in your people. And then the other one just really is about how do we arm followership? And I know you've done some work on that as well around getting at the team level, how do you as a team member can also step in that space instead of waiting for the leader? Because sometimes you have to manage up. Sometimes you have to influence that. And trust me when I say there are leaders out there and I've worked with them, you've worked with them as well, that allows it, that want, welcomes it, that is open to it. So don't think just because you worked with one other leader who was probably a shitty leader and he stifled you that mm -hmm. all of them are going to do that. That's not true. So you have to check out one of the But again, like, is it a shitty leader or is it just that they have an understanding about how they like it. Like, remember, the leader is a human being too, sure. right? And they're just I'm trying just to do what they them. need to do. <laughs> yeah. I know, you know, but I, I look at this and it's just like, 
you know, even for those leaders that seem stuck, it's like asking, ask the question, like what, what room is there for innovation here? Yeah. You know, what room is there for change here? Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, we've done it this way for however long and it's worked. And it's like, it's like, that's probably true for them in their own perspective. Mm -hmm. It would be very interesting for you to actually counter that point though, as mm -hmm. a, as a team member and say, well, you're, you're probably right. Mm -hmm. You know, it has worked. Here's where I see some challenges and here's mm -hmm. where I see some opportunities. Mm -hmm. You know, I look at, I look at a, you know, like warehousing businesses and stuff like that. And it's like mm -hmm. some of these middleman distribution centers. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, you know, some of them have had a complete lack, you know, my mom works for one, right? There's a complete lack of, of innovation. And it's like, okay, I guess we're going to have to get online. And that's what they said this last year. <laughs> like, it's, what do you mean get online? I know. Like it's 2021. Yeah, like I, I've like, learned. Like I just, just look at this educated, and I'm just like, you may not be intellectual, right? Just because well, and, intelligence. You know, so. and the thing is, well, and the thing is, like, like there is a huge amount of intelligence in that company. It's just a, it's just a failure to kind of, you know, to innovate, to listen. And I'm just like, I'm looking at this, and it's like their salespeople are struggling, their warehouses are struggling, and and I'm just like, well, I mean, it's pretty obvious, like you're still doing distribution the way that they did distribution in the eighties and nineties. It doesn't make sense. Like it doesn't like the middleman is virtually depleted. Although I would say with the, with Amazon and, and independent sellers, it's like, it's like the middleman is, is almost like on steroids. Now it's been, totally. it's been innovated in a to yeah. totally different way. And I'm just thinking like, this isn't difficult stuff for a company that size, right. To, to mm -hmm. innovate and change. And, and when we take a look at that, and I know there's some stats, I don't have it in front of me, but I noticed there's some things out there that shows when you open up that market. And we've read some stuff that we've talked about before about, you know, that way of thinking, look at the largest taxi cab company doesn't own a taxi. Do you know what I mean? Like when you talk about Uber, right? When Ubers, you look at the large, yeah. the large, or the largest hotel chain, hotel in the chain world, does, doesn't own Airbnb a hotel. Airbnb doesn't you actually I mean? own any property. Yeah. And so again, that all came through this innovative way of thinking. I don't know who started by saying, "How do I get into be the biggest, largest hotel industry?" But I don't want to own a hotel. Yeah. You'd have to think differently mm -hmm. to get to that level, right? And we have seen this time and time again, right? How that level of thinking, but you just open it. And the, the ones that do really well is uh, be able to do that. Like even Wikipedia, right? Isn't that group of people who, again, they don't work for the place, but they all contribute to making sure the information's out there. Oh, talk, talk about misfits. Wikipedia, I remember going to school, we were told it's like, well, Wikipedia isn't accurate because blah, blah, blah. So you cannot reference Wikipedia as a mm -hmm. source and here's why and blah, 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 and everything else. Actually, uh, Wikipedia from its earliest days, because it's a wiki, was found to mm -hmm. be more accurate than almost every encyclopedia on on a right. bookshelf that took a uh, few years to get published and updated and that took years to get published and had limited yeah. information wikis mm -hmm. are updated all the time they're sourced better mm -hmm. um like like wikipedia so it's like 
you know, if I was back in school, it's like I would totally use Wikipedia and I would steal the sourcing from the bottom <laughs> yeah. of the page Which because done they've done the work for you. Like I don't, yeah. it doesn't. And, and I know that some academics are saying, well, that's cheating. And it's like, that's not cheating. It's innovative. Think about what you're doing. Yes. Like think about, think about what you're actually testing. Is it like this person's ability to do their own research? It's like, no, 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 no. Cause you're not talking about primary or even right. secondary research. You're right. talking about, understanding a concept mm -hmm. and citing it we're not mm -hmm. talking about the the ones that are actually doing research and those poor phd students literally sit there and do mm -hmm. data entry the whole time like that's what mm -hmm. they're doing right and it's like you know and it's like and i, I know that's not what all of them are doing but but right. i've coached enough of them to know right <laughs> so so I, I i look at this and i think to myself i'm like i'm like like where where is the innovation in academia? And I know they think they're being real in innovative right now. And it's like, no, you're not. If you have somebody who's taking mm, uh, a major, like a, a dance major, why do they have to take geology or a language? And it's like, well, it's a well-rounded well education. It's like, prove it. You For are who? academics, yeah. <laughs> prove it. No, education uh, is an economic uh, endeavor more than it is like I, I look at it as funny I, I talked to our chiropractor and he says he says uh, he had something like 30 or 40 or 70 hours of examination mm -hmm. and what he realized in that moment is that they were actually testing endurance they weren't testing knowledge I think about that I went to a two-year college right so when wow. I the college when I went to it they didn't do credit alignment so I would have mm -hmm. like one credit courses that were an hour and I would have mm -hmm. five credit courses that were five hours and mm -hmm. so they didn't do credit alignment right they had um, and then they did eventually. I was part of the revamp because they asked me to come back as a to to be on their academic advisory board, and so so I did that. And I was part of the credit alignment, and we turned everything into a three or six credit course, right? Mm -hmm. So it aligned with other academic. But it was interesting because one semester we had nine classes, and we had nine classes, Kyle, and we had nine final assignments, and we had nine final exams, and it wow. was just like. It's like, what are you testing? Wow. You're not testing knowledge. You're, wow. you're testing endurance. You're testing grit. You're testing fortitude. Like you're not testing knowledge. Like, like, you know, and even this thing is like, what date did Abraham Lincoln, blah, blah, blah. What date did it's like, this whole well, who's going to be, <laughs> who, who's going to, and it's like, well, we're testing somebody's ability to recall. And I'm like, but why is that not a recall course as opposed to a history course? Right. Like, like, it doesn't make sense to me. I think we need more misfits. I think we need more misfit thinking. And I think what we are saying by this, Kyle, is it's about learning to think flexibly, getting yes. out of your own bias, getting out of biased systems mm -hmm. and biased uh, systematic thinking and, and, cha and changing how you see things in the world because we never see things as we are as they are we only see things as we perceive them love it okay folks that's your inspired action this week let us know where you were the misfit it's our goal to build a global community of inspired action takers and we can only do that with your help so if you love inspired action please leave a review on your favorite podcasting app and share us on your socials You've heard from us. Now we want to hear from you. Go to inspiredactionpodcast.ca and tell us what is the inspired action you took this week. Next week on Inspired Action for Imperfect.
perfect humans. I can say as an entrepreneur, I think it is a lonely path because we don't, we don't, like we have a great team here and we will rally for that team. Right. But I think that's our role as leaders.